You've just tuned into Beyond Your Past, part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Welcome back to Beyond Your Past. I'm your host, Matt Pappas, certified life coach specializing in overcoming anxiety and trauma recovery. And this podcast is all about helping you move forward from what holds you back. Each week, you'll hear from coaches, clinicians, and advocates who've overcome tremendous odds and are now using their journey to inspire you throughout yours. This is your place to feel validated and encouraged as you take your life back and live free from your past. Are you ready? Let's do this. Greetings, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the show. Thanks so much for taking some time out of your day to tune in, and I hope that each episode inspires and encourages you on your own journey. Special thanks to my incredible sponsors, INLPcenter.org, offering world-class online NLP and life coach training to people in over 70 countries. I can personally speak to INLP Center. Mike and Hope and everyone there, the center are just incredible. It's where I continue my NLP training at. They are just amazing. I highly recommend them if you're interested in in some of the educational programs that they have. And to daily recovery support, interactive daily group calls in a safe atmosphere for survivors of complex trauma, equipping you with the skills and information you use every day in your healing journey. Learn more about this affordable resource and get signed up at cptsdfoundation.org. On today's show, I'm honored to welcome in Kelly Gettle. Kelly is an entrepreneur, parent, and survivor of childhood trauma, living with autism, dissociation, PTSD, DID, and narcolepsy. In addition to being raised by a narcissistic parent, which we all know is definitely traumatic as well. I'm so honored to talk with Kelly as she shares some of what her daily life is like, primarily on the autism spectrum side. If you or someone you know lives with autism, or you can relate to any of the challenges that Kelly talks about, you are going to be so inspired by her story. Heck, I think you're going to be inspired regardless. Her resiliency, adapting to and overcoming her challenges, the way that she's learned to educate herself, and just her attitude and outlook on life is incredible. So let's jump right into my chat with Kelly Gettle. Hey, Kelly, welcome to Beyond Your Past. How are you? I am good. Thanks for asking. How are you doing? I am doing wonderful. Uh, the sun is shining. It's not too hot here in, in central PA, which uh, you are an area close to where I live as well. And you know, the weather's been kind of like really weird lately, right? Like just, it's like 6,000 degrees and then it's like 50 degrees and then it's rain and then it's sun. It's like all over the place. Yeah. It's pretty unpredictable right now. Indeed it is. But then again, that's early summer here in central PA. So we will deal with it and uh, carry on and enjoy the air conditioning here as long as we can. So <laughs> yes, anyhow. Exactly. Um, Yeah, so we're going to talk a lot today about your life and experiences with trauma, how the autism spectrum plays into that, um, and just all kinds of amazing things. And I'm actually super excited about this because I've not yet covered um, this type of uh, perspective on trauma and being a survivor. So I'm excited to learn more, to hear your experiences and share, um, you know, with the listeners of the show here, what it's like. So why don't we start off a little bit? You can share some some about yourself, and then we'll dive into um, our uh, conversation. Okay. Well, um, I'm Kelly, and um, I am 33, and I have been diagnosed with complex PTSD, autism spectrum disorder, DID, which I'm sure most everyone that is listening to your show knows what that is. I don't even know if I really understand that at this point yet, but you know, I'm getting there. Um, I also have narcolepsy. 
which is a sleeping disorder. And it's accompanied by something called cataplexy, which is some kind of a weird, I don't know how to describe it except for no one can tickle me ever. Because if they do, I just completely collapse and lose control of all of my muscles, all my body functions. Like I just kind of, it's it, it's not a seizure, but it can look like one um, without the seizing. Uh, and uh, I don't really struggle with that as much now, but when I was young, I really, I really struggle with that a lot. Um, so, you know, not being able to laugh is uh, kind of sucky, especially when you've been through a lot of trauma in your life, as I have. Um, I, I don't really even think about it, but whenever I, I talk with friends, you know, they're just like, oh my gosh, that's so terrible. You, you can't laugh. Like you have to stop, you know, at, at a certain point, you know, or else that'll happen. But I guess whenever something is your normal, you just, you don't really, you, well, you don't know anything else. So, um, you know, those two things have affected me as well. And, uh, I actually think that, uh, I wouldn't have narcolepsy had I not been through trauma as a child because um, I just kind of developed it at some point. I was, I was nine when I was diagnosed. And uh, the thing that makes me think that, you know, it's related to the trauma is because it's actually a form of dissociation. Like say my husband and I are having a disagreement or something. I will start to have like a, a narcoleptic episode where I'll just start falling asleep. Um, it, it, it's not good, but I, at the same time, I think it may have saved me. So I have a love-hate relationship with narcolepsy. Um, but like the big thing, you know, obviously is the autism. Um, I lived in my entire life without knowing that I was autistic, which I'm lear- I've learned that a lot of women, especially females, you know, they go undiagnosed throughout their life because you know, until recently, it was a predominantly male disorder. It was like, oh, only boys, you know, have autism. Um, And that's definitely not true, especially for women with high-functioning autism, which is kind of like a a joke in itself because high-functioning, I don't think I'm very (laughs) high-functioning. Autism is autism, and it it causes a lot of, of difficulties, especially socially. And, um, you know, a lot of times when children are abused or have been molested or anything like that, you know, that's a relation, a relationship problem. And if you have trouble understanding relationships in general, then that can really just complicate things. Um, I was actually just looking online before we started here and, uh, uh, apparently uh, autistic women or autistic girls, are three times as likely to be sexually abused compared to their neurotypical counterparts, which that's huge, like three times as likely. Um, so, you know, it, it makes sense to me. Um, one of the things is just uh, be, being nice, so naive. Uh, autistic people are very literal in their thinking and they don't, like, I don't recognize any form of nonverbal communication minus, like, thumbs up, you know, or if somebody gives me, like, a look of death, then obviously they're upset. Um, but body language being, like, 90% of people's way to communicate, I'm, like, in that 10% range <laughs> of verbal. <laughs> like, everything I need to communicate, I actually have to say with words. 
um, which I think got me in trouble a lot as a child because I spoke a lot. And um, I was uh, raised by a narcissistic mother who uh, I don't actually have a lot of memories of my young childhood, but um, she was obviously abusive and well into my adulthood. And we can go into that later on. But basically, some of the other issues that I struggle with daily, um, I have a lot of sensory issues. And um, when I say that, I mean, like, when when a person is in a situation, like, say you're at a coffee shop, and you're talking to a friend, and you're maybe sitting outside, um, you know, there's traffic going by, and there's people talking in the background, you know, all these different things are going on, but your brain has the ability to kind of decide what's important and filter out everything else so that you can just focus on what you're trying to focus on. But for me, my, my filter is kind of missing. So if I'm in that situation, I hear the traffic very loudly. You know, I hear everyone's conversation around me and I get completely overwhelmed um, and go into like sensory overload. I've had some, well, ah, you know, obviously I don't like to go to places that are really loud. Can't go to the movie theater. Um, they are starting to now make theaters that are sensory friendly and have special showings for things, which is great because I love Marvel and I haven't been able to go see any of the Marvel movies in theater except for like one. So that's sad for me, but, um, you know, the sensory input is just, it's, it's just, I think the biggest thing, the biggest thing that causes people with autism trouble. And there's not really anything that anyone can do about it either. There's no treatment. There's no, um, you know, you just kind of have to like avoid things. And I use earplugs a lot. Um, I have them with me constantly. And, uh, you know, even when I'm at home, I have to use them sometimes because I'll just get overwhelmed by too many people talking at the same time. Um, another part of autism is I don't know the social rules that most people just have intuition. They're just intuitively, they just know and understand these things. Like when you're having company and they're about to leave, you walk them to the door. I didn't realize that until a few years ago. <laughs> I would just be where I was and just say goodbye and, you know, didn't think anything of it, but you know, that can really cause problems whenever you're trying to develop relationships with people. Um, and, uh, I'm pretty isolated. I mean, I have some friends that are great and I don't really have many in, in, in the middle, you know, acquaintances, all that, like, because I just have a struggle with communication uh, I can talk, but that doesn't mean I don't have communication problems. Like sometimes I, because of the way that I think, I think in pictures. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, Temple Grandin. Have you ever heard of her? Um, I have not. So please enlighten me. Oh, Temple Grandin is awesome. She is like the superhero of autism. Um she she actually uh there was actually a movie made made about her called Temple Grandin and Claire Danes is the main character and she plays Temple Grandin. And um if you haven't seen it, you should check it out because it's amazing. And Claire Danes, she just is amazing uh, what she the performance that she does. But 
Temple Grandin is someone who is, is an activist and she speaks out in the community, in the autism community. Um, and she actually overcame a lot of obstacles in her life. And now she is, is really one of the leaders in the field that she's in, which is uh, something I'm not super familiar with, but like um, cattle, like um, the, the way that they, they uh, like the slaughterhouses. I know this is kind of mm -hmm. gruesome, but she designed this system and, and a lot of, of people are using it now. Um, and the reason why she was able to do that is because she has this visual mind. Um, she thinks in pictures. Um, I guess you can kind of like, she compares it to uh, Google images. You know, like if you do a Google search for like a church, it'll show you all these pictures of churches. Well, that's kind of how her brain works. And mine is, is, is really similar, but um, mine's, I, I have like sensory things incorporated. It's kind of like a movie um, so it's not just like still images a lot of it time. It's, it's, it's like a film basically. So trying to, trying to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Translate, <laughs> mm -hmm. trying to translate images into words is difficult for me. And so sometimes I know what I'm trying to say, but I can't say it. Um, and that is, is pretty frustrating. So that's, that's just like some of the things that, you know, about autism and, and obviously being naive and not being able to recognize if someone is lying to you is a big problem as it was for me my whole life. <laughs> I am really honest. Uh, I'm not going to say that I cannot tell a lie, but I will say that if I do, you'll definitely know <laughs> like right away. <laughs> I'm not good at that, um, which is okay. You know, I, I don't like lying. I don't like lies. But when you're trying to determine whether someone is a safe person or not, it's it's really handy to be able to tell, you know, just by looking at them if they're being honest. So that's kind of something that I'm I'm trying to learn. Wow, I just have so many questions and so many things to talk about here. I, you shared so openly. Thank you. And I, but this topic is going to help so many for, you know, as you mentioned that as a woman living in the autism spectrum, this is not something that's nearly as common as for, as for males. So I know that this is going to help so many who are perhaps, um, you know, they, they know somebody who, who is experiencing some of the same things that you are or, or, or they themselves are, or they live with somebody. So I'm glad we're talking about this and there's so many things. And I think one of the things that is uh, just the, the whole idea of being a trauma survivor and being a woman and living with autism, just that, that kind of combination, you know, as you mentioned, has presented so many unique challenges in your healing journey. You know, it has the uh, dissociation and so many parts of it. And something else you also mentioned too. So if maybe you can share a little bit more on uh, perhaps your, some of the strategies that you use to help you in daily life, um, some of the support tools that you have, support people in your life, anything that you can do to help you navigate daily life as a survivor, somebody who deals with dissociation and narcolepsy and everything that you mentioned, I think as, a, as a, you know, kind of a reassurance and some education and enlightenment for those who are listening is ways that you kind of work on a daily basis to overcome all of these different types of things, I think would be a great help. Okay. Well, um, 
One good thing about having autism is that I have an incredible memory. I can mem I can remember like things that happened and I can tell you like every detail about whatever it is. So that is good for me because I I if I have a memory that is actually real um you know I can I can go back and kind of like look at it again almost like I'm like traveling into the past and like looking around with a camera like trying to figure out what was going on with this new information now that I know that you know I I was abused because I knew that I had been through a lot of bad stuff as a teenager but the ch the child part I did I really I had no idea um it was kind of just the, the really it was like the matrix it was like everything changed and I took the blue pill and it was just a realization after realization but what I've done like from the beginning and I think this is like a coping strategy as well as it is like a way to cope I am an avid researcher and I love to learn I always have to be learning something so when I first started um figuring out that like my mom was not who she claimed to be um I was actually reading a book called Boundaries by uh John Townsend and Henry Cloud. I'm sure. Amazing book. Absolutely yeah. incredible book. Yeah. Yeah. That was actually what opened the door for me. Th that was like the beginning. That was the, the striking match that kind of um, started everything because I didn't know that I was autistic and I didn't know that I had PTSD. Um, I didn't know that about any of that. I didn't know about dissociation. I mean, I was totally in the dark uh about everything which is good or was good until i was ready i guess um but i just started learning and learning and learning and reading um so after i finished the boundaries book i read this book called wolves in sheep's clothing um have you ever heard of that book oh yes <laughs> most definitely <laughs> that book totally freaked me out like when i read that book i was just like having all of these crazy realizations and all these memories coming back and realizing that all of the adults in my life minus one were personality disordered individuals um but the good the good thing about that was is in the book it, it actually gives you like a prediction of you know okay so if you choose to confront this person this is how you'll know if what you're suspecting is true and they gave like a list of how how someone would respond so at that time i was in relationship with my mom this was like um like five years ago four years ago no wait i think this was only three years ago <laughs> see like with all the dissociation and everything, it's hard for me to keep track of time, at least recent time. Mm -hmm. um, so I confronted my mother about all of this. Um, well, not all of it. Actually, I chose to confront her about something really small. And I was like in total sh like shutdown mode when this was all going on. Like my autistic um, symptoms, they kind of exploded. That's actually how we figured it out because all of a sudden I was like a robot. I mean, I was just, I went to a yard sale like during that time and I was like, excuse me, I'm going to go get some money while I purchase this item from you. And I was like, really, you know, I mean, that's kind of like a characteristic of, of 
people with autism is they use language that's really, really um, correct and, and not like personal, not casual. Um, I kind of go back and forth, but um, yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. So I confronted my mother and she did all the things like in order. It was proof to me that, you know, so instead of being in denial and staying there, I wasn't able to because I'd already educated myself. Um, so education, like learning about things and reading books has been the best thing for me. I mean, you know, Bessel van der Kolk is another uh, awesome, awesome guy. I'm so thankful for him yep, and all of the work, the score, that, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. all the work that he's done and, and, and just realizing all those things. Um, because all of, all the books that I would read, they just, they described my situation and they confirmed and affirmed me that I wasn't crazy and that I wasn't just like too sensitive and, you know, whatever, like that, that these things had actually happened to me and people had actually treated me these ways. Um, so that, that's like the best thing that I've been able to do for myself is just learning. I mean, I, I, I became obsessed with researching autism, not only for myself, but I also have a five-year-old son who's been diagnosed with autism as well. And he is a little genius. He taught himself to read before he was even two years old. Matt. Wow. He was wow. writing, he was writing and, and, and all over my walls with crayons. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he has been able to read since he, right before his second birthday and now he, he's like at a third grade reading level and we never taught him anything that's incredible <laughs> yeah we were freaked out we were just like oh my <laughs> gosh what like and he can he memorizes like anything he can just tell you he was obsessed with the beatles like a year ago and he literally knows all of the beatles albums uh in order all the songs that are on them he even knows like the live albums i mean just it's ridiculous this kid so we spent a lot of time listening to beatles <laughs> minus a few of the other albums that were just a little bit too mature for you know right it might have went over his head but still <laughs> so yeah especially their older stuff we um he just he knows every word every song he knows who the singers are he can tell if it's a live recording i mean this kid is incredible um and he he is is what you would call a savant um i don't know if you've ever heard that word have you oh absolutely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay yeah so he's got these amazing skills but he also struggles in certain ways and that's how it is with me so I've, I've just kind of harnessed my skills to help me. And one of the biggest ways was just to learn because if I don't have social knowledge and I don't have these natural, you know, ways to tell what's going on, the only way that I could tell is actually by learning from books. And a lot of autistic people do like they learn everything about life from books, um, which is okay. You know, we're just, I'm just using an academic part of my brain instead of a social intuition, but as long as it turns out okay in the end, I guess it's all right. Um, but I am pretty dorky and that's <laughs> probably never going to go away. <laughs> Me too. So it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, honestly, you can probably pick out autistic people just from, you know, there's a lot of people on TV, you know, that, that portray autistic characters like Sheldon, you know, you know, the whole, like, don't sit in my spot. If you've right. seen the big bang theory. Oh yeah. I have a spot. 
and I don't like <laughs> let anyone sit there. <laughs> like I'll just stand there until they move. Like it's it's a serious thing. Um, <laughs> but you know, sometimes I, I I I adjust, but not not happily. Right. So um, yeah, learning and you know, just like I really was so blessed to to find um, Athena Moberg and and uh, Bobby Parrish's videos on YouTube the uh, trauma recovery university that was definitely a big part of of what helped me because even though I didn't have the support around me I felt like I was understood and a lot of a lot of uh, Athena's experiences from her childhood are similar to mine so um, it was good to know that I wasn't the only person that was going through those things and I also had to cut my mother out of my life and um, haven't spoken to her or seen her for, well, since I cut her out of my life, mm-hmm. which was a hard decision. And I really grieved over that. Um, that was really painful um, because she was like the only family that I really have in Pennsylvania. So it's like I'm alone now, pretty much. But, uh, you know, sometimes that's uh, better. Yeah. And I just, everything you're sharing is just so incredible and absolutely a a big shout out to uh, trauma recovery university and Athena. Um, She's actually a colleague of mine um, in case you didn't know. Yep. And we, (laughs) and uh, yeah. And our new initiative of a daily recovery support is actually a sponsor of my podcast now. So that's super exciting. Um, Yeah, it's really cool. But some of the things you mentioned, like, honestly, I have so many questions and so many notes right now that I can see us doing a couple more shows to really dive into some of the some of the uh, different parts in a particular because I know we can't cover everything on just one show. Right. Um, Yeah, I I was thinking that as I was you know, getting ready for this. I was like, oh yeah, we're going to have to do this a couple of times. Oh, absolutely. Yep. And you, you are absolutely welcome back anytime. Cause I think we are taking this time now to kind of get to know you a little bit and to learn about your life. And there's so many different avenues that we can do multiple shows. So um, one of the other things that maybe we can cover this time is simply, you know, you mentioned about learning and getting the diagnosis and kind of finding out so much for yourself. Uh, I know a lot of times we struggle with trying to educate ourselves because we're afraid of what we're going to read or we're, you know, it's kind of this whole thing of, well, if I don't know, it's not as bad. And I know for me, I struggled for so long with, with just kind of the what if and what's going on and why am I feeling this way? And for me, I think much like you, once I started to put all the pieces together and I, you know, was doing my own research with, with books and, and videos and articles. And, um, you know, I worked with a therapist for a while and, and then with a coach and like, once I started putting the pieces together for me, it was kind of the aha moment or the light bulb moment, as I like to say of now this all makes sense. Like I know why I'm doing this and why I'm feeling that way and why I dissociate yeah. and, and what dissociation is and why I have problems sleeping and nightmares and flashbacks and triggers oh, yeah, and I all these things. Too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. when you kind of started to put all the pieces together and get some diagnoses and, and figure out exactly what's going on. Was it maybe kind of share a little bit yet today of, was it empowering? Was it scary? Was it confusing? Was it a relief? Like maybe just kind of, you know, touch was, on that. Cause I know for so many that that's a struggle. It was liberating for me, especially with the autism, because I, you know, grew up my whole life. I just kept thinking, I'm just like half of a person. Like I, why, you know, why is it so hard for me to do normal things that anybody else like, 
they just don't struggle with it at all. Like, and you know, it's really sad because in America, you know, especially in with Caucasian women, I'm Caucasian, unfortunately. Um, not that I hate, you know, there's great things about that too, but it's just that the pressure from, from, you know, to be a certain way is really intense. And, um, you know, I, I just have always been so different and I thought that I was broken. I thought that I was just crappy. So realizing that I was autistic, it's just, everything made sense. And I realized that it's okay that I am the way that I am, which, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different opinions on that in the autism community, but most of the time it's like, you know, just be who you are. Uh, that's okay. You know, if you, you know, if you're, if you're stemming all over the place, then go for it. And, you know, I don't stem as much as, or not as obviously as some people do, but I do rock back and forth when I am standing still. Well, I can't stand still, basically. I just, I kind of like sway back and forth. Um, and that, you know, I used to like, at first, at first I was like apologizing for everything. Like I was like, I'm sorry I do this and I'm sorry. I'm just really blunt. And, you know, I'm sorry if I offend you, you know, but I, I've, I'm, that was like the first year. And now like, I'm starting to just be like, you know what? It's okay. And I do tell people like, if I'm, if I'm too honest and too blunt, you know, please tell me if I, if I hurt your feelings, cause I really don't want to. Because, you know, one of the misconceptions about autistic people is that they don't have empathy. That could not be farther from the truth, at least from my experience. I actually have so much empathy that it's debilitating. And um, I feel the emotions of people around me all the time, no matter if I want to or not. I can't shut it out. Um, so it makes it hard to be happy if there's conflict going on. And because I have PTSD, I get triggered because anybody being angry triggers me. Like my biggest fear in life is anger from other people. Even if it's not at me, I still just, it's just, I just associate like immediately. Um, so, you know, and you obviously can't avoid conflict and you can't avoid anger in the world. It's just part of people living in the same house. Um, so it was good. I mean, like, I think my husband maybe struggled with it a little. And there's a lot of negative stigma as far as, as autism is concerned. And, you know, luckily the kids that are getting diagnosed right now, they have all these supports and they, there is all this knowledge and there is all this, you know, all this stuff that you can do to help your child, you know, but the thing is, is that kids grow up and what happens then? Um, I know that the percentage of, of autistic adults that are unemployed is like staggeringly high. I'm not going to say what it is because I don't know. I, I think it's probably somewhere in the 80% range, but that's a lot of people who can't work. Um, so I found a way around that because I am an entrepreneur. I own my own business, but I really don't know how I'm doing it because I you know, the physical problems that I have, uh, and all of this other stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm just like barely surviving, hanging on, but owning my own business means that I can make my own schedule. And, um, 
I don't have to be surrounded by crowds of people all the time. Um, but yeah, like I feel, I feel good about it. Like I'm kind of proud about it because I'm really smart and I have all these gifts that I didn't know I had. Um, my whole life, my mom gave me the impression that I was stupid, that I wasn't smart or talented in any way, even though I was like excelling in every area, like music, dance, anything my grandmother got me in involved in, I would like just blow it out of the water as, as like an eight-year-old kid. Um, but she just downplayed all of that. And so I lived my whole life thinking that I was not intelligent. And so, man, whenever all this stuff happened and I realized I'm smart, I was just like, holy cow, I really am smart. And like, I can put all this stuff together. And, you know, I've been studying psychology and the brain and anatomy and like just all of these different forms of, of therapy. One of them that I'm really interested in is right now I've been learning about um, internal family systems. IFS, indeed. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I've listened to a lot of podcasts with Dick Schwartz uh, being interviewed. Uh, one of them that's what was really good is on a podcast called Therapy Chat. And um, it was like a really long, really in-depth. I mean, it was so long and in-depth that she actually had to make a second podcast mm -hmm. to kind of break it down into layman's terms for everyone else. But for me, like I totally understood what he was talking about it. And I think that um, for people with DID, I think that, that that's probably, well, I haven't done it myself yet, but just from everything I've learned about it, I think that it's, it's going to really help a lot of people. Um, and I like his idea about multiplicity because it's like, you know, when I first got, like, got the diagnosis, my husband was like terrified of me and he was, um, you know, just like my, my best friend was like, are you sure? Are you sure? You know, because, well, they just, they know me and they see, they, like, I, I've never blacked out or at least not that I remember. Um, so if I do have alters, I have yet to discover them. Um, I feel like I'm kind of like on the brink of that, but, um, I really, obviously I need to find myself, uh, an IFS specialized person that's not uh one of my friends because the only person i know in this town she's actually a good friend of mine so i can't uh go see her <laughs> but um so yeah like i really think that 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 the idea that everyone is is got this aspect of multiplicity it really it takes away that scariness and and it makes it seem like okay well you know we all kind of have this going on to a degree which I think is really good and relieving for, for people who have been diagnosed with that, because, you know, like if you look to the media or movies, you're not going to find anything, but like all this horrific stuff. And, um, I just, I, you know, for me, uh, like who I am, none of my alters are, are scary. Um, it, or at least I don't think they are. Um, I think some of them might have some major anger issues and like be super rebellious, but other than that, um, and that's obviously would be like the teenage, whatever happened in my teenage life. Uh, but, um, you know, just all this information is coming out and it's, it's really like normalizing it for people so that they don't have to think that they're like super crazy because that was what I thought at first. I was just like, you know, I'm having all these 
you know, emotional flashbacks are terrible because you don't, I don't remember what happened to me. I still don't know. Um, and that, that, that is frustrating. Let me tell you. And as an Aspie, like I really want to know stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I struggled with that for a long time. Um, just not knowing, like, I feel like Wolverine from the X-Men, uh, you know, I just don't remember what happened to me. So trying to figure out who you are and, and trying to know yourself and, and trying to get over a lot of these things, if you don't remember, is is challenging. It it absolutely is. And I'm just so inspired listening to you share, Kelly. I mean, you're helping so many people I know. I'm learning a lot just listening to you. And I mean, I have so many questions and so many things. So uh, we're definitely going to do a series of podcasts. We can get more into the um, narcolepsy part of it, the uh, dissociation, being raised with a narcissistic mother, getting memories coming back, flashbacks, so many things. But I'm so glad that you were able to share some of your life right now and just really encourage and inspire everybody. I know again that I am and all, all the resources that you mentioned in terms of the books, I will put those in the show notes. Uh, the IFS systems is an incredible model. I too, I'm just kind of scratching the surface on that because I've done a, a podcast about it and I've talked to a couple of people and it's fascinating to see how this modality really is just, it's such a unique way to approach learning about yourself and being a survivor. And, you know, I found for myself that learning about the, you know, the eight um, qualities of self um, has just been helped me a lot. So I'm so glad that you were here, Kelly, sharing this. I know you're helping so many people. And why don't we wrap this up and you can share some of, if you have anything online in terms of social media, websites, anything you're working on, or just again, let everybody know where they can find you if, if they'd like to reach out and maybe connect with you at all online would be great. Well, I'm on Facebook and I do have a Twitter account, but I have to uh, confess that I've never really used it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of like anti too much social media just because uh, I'm trying to make real connections with people. But at the same time, I really do want uh, to connect with other survivors. So if anybody wants to friend me on Facebook, just send me a message letting me know how you've heard about me so that I don't think you're a creeper. <laughs> but right. yeah, like I'm, I'm on Facebook and um, I'm hoping to start a blog soon, but it's, I haven't awesome. gotten there yet. Um, and I, I hope to eventually start doing like talks and going and speaking. Um, that's my, that's my long-term goal. So we'll see if I can get over being uh, so shy and socially awkward. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, so, and then I also just want to share, there's a really great book about autism that is absolutely fantastic. And it's called Neurotribes. I don't, I have the book, but I can't remember who wrote it. So I'll just, you know, let you guys figure that out. But it's great. And it, and it just, it kind of gives an overview of like the history of autism from, you know, a long time ago until now and how everything has changed and it just kind of gives you a, a really deep understanding of what it's like to be autistic, um, whether you are or you think you are or you know someone or even if you just have an interest in it, period. Um, that is like one of the best books out there. Yeah, it's called Neurotribes, The Legacy of Autism and the Future of Neurodiversity. Is that correct? Exactly. Yep. By yes. Steve, I believe it's Silberman. So I'm going to link that as well. I'm going to link um, the Wolf and Sheep's Clothing book, the Boundaries book, Bessel's book, everything that you mentioned here are such incredible resources for those who are interested in learning more. 
Kelly, thank you. I'm I'm grateful that you were able to come on here. And I think you did an incredible job. So if you think that you were shy or anything, you did like spectacular. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> well, that's great. Thank you so much, Matt. Thanks for listening to Beyond Your Past, part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Information shared on this podcast should not be considered as a substitute for professional medical help or mental health counseling. If you've ever considered working with a certified coach, Or if you simply have questions about how working with a coach can benefit you, just head on over to beyondyourpast.com for more information and to schedule your free introductory session. We'll work together to figure out what's holding you back so that you can realize your full potential and discover the authentic you. Remember, you are worth it. Achieving your goals and waking up each day knowing that you can handle what's coming and thrive is something that everyone deserves. So take that first step and contact me today and let's do this. Talk to you soon.